Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosanna Holtz-Rojas. We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. This is a podcast in progress and we'll have guests in the future who aren't people like us. Send your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or use hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or tweet at makeoutwithhim. If possible, please include pronouns and the name you'd like to... (laughs) Beautiful. And the name you'd like us to call you or just anonymous. I think that that was quite the tongue twister today, apparently. Did you glitch? I don't know what happened. I glitched. Yeah. I'm quite jet lagged. um, So I'm really out of it. I haven't really been hit by jet lag much recently, but for some reason, this trip, I don't know if we mentioned... But we went to Corfu. We went um, to Corfu. That's why there's been no podcast, because we were off sorry. sunning ourselves in sunny Corfu. It was very sunny. But yeah, I normally don't get jet lag as much these days. But for some reason, this time, now I'm back in Indiana, I am so confused about the time of day. I went to the 500 yesterday, and we biked down, and I, I woke up at like 2.30 a.m., and I was supposed to wake up at six, <laughs> so oh I just God. kind of stared at the ceiling for four hours. It was great. A whole, a whole delight. How are you? I'm good. I was just thinking about the last time I was super jet lagged, which was when I was in New York. And I don't know why I was so jet lagged, because it's not like a crazy time difference. But I, uh, we'd also had really bad turbulence on the flight over, which is my kryptonite. So I was like just horribly scarred by that. And then we went to a restaurant and it literally felt like the room was swaying. It was the weirdest oh, experience God. of my life. I've never felt that ever. But I was just sitting there trying to eat dinner and the room was just literally swaying from side to side, like a fairground ride. And I turned to my friend and I was like, is the room moving? She was like, yes, thank God. It's moving for me too. It was so weird. Do you ever get that or are you just tired? No, I get that. I get that kind of sewing feeling. I associate it most keenly with um, secondary school Latin class. Oh my God. Um, Just being so exhausted. I remember it was like one of the first lessons of the day and it was always the class I'd like least prepared for, but also didn't put that much attention into and just being so aware of how tired I was and just that feeling of swaying and your eyelids getting so physically heavy and closing. And it was just like, please God, let me stay awake for another hour. I can't uh, relate to this because, like, okay, ev- everyone, everyone, Rosiana worked hard in school. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Because I haven't. <laughs> I did not do any work in school. <laughs> oh my god, that's not true. You totally did work at school. I did the bare minimum at school. We didn't go to the same school, but I know that you did work in school. Because we both went to grammar schools. Grammar school, girls. Um, well, you went to a good uni and like, you know. Yeah, but at uni it was like, oh wait, I've been coasting up until this point. Now I'm in so <laughs> much trouble. And I just remember being like, oh, I'm required to work. The first ever um, like paper, paper, essay, essay that I turned in, I <laughs> it came back as like unmarkable. <laughs> and luckily your first is it your first semester at uni doesn't count i think that's what it is they kind for of for a lot train- of people it's actually the first entire year but yeah if you wanted to do study abroad it does count unfortunately maybe it was the whole first year but i feel like it was maybe the whatever regardless it didn't count at the time but yeah they gave me my first essay back like we cannot mark this because you've plagiarized this entire thing and i was like what from where and they were like from the thing that we asked you to read as background reading and I was like 
I can't tell them that I didn't do the background reading because <laughs> I honestly hadn't. Like I literally hadn't looked at the background reading and I was like, my defense here is I didn't do any of the prep. So I was just like, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize and it's actually like just a complete coincidence that I apparently yeah. ripped off. Because like when you do English literature, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but at my university, you couldn't rely on any of the stuff you'd been taught. Like you couldn't, you could reference things, but it all had to basically be original. Like you couldn't, you couldn't rely on any of the kind of subjects or themes or theories or whatever that you've been taught by your lecturer or like discussed in seminars because that didn't count as like your right. own. Right, it's more which like is... how you synthesize it all, and that's yeah. a lot of pressure to like kind of go from. I don't know, being in class and being told how to respond to something, and then yeah. like here are some ideas. Good luck. Yeah, it's really bizarre because I used to have this conversation with other people at uni and they were all like, no, that's not how my university degree works. I learn things and then I'm tested on my knowledge of those things. And I was like, yeah, that's not English literature. In English literature, it's like you learn things and then you're told you can't use any of that. Good luck. Go have some beautiful original thoughts or fail. So, yeah, an interesting, an interesting time at university. Anyway, I, yeah, I, I came crashing back down to earth at university it was a bad time then they tried to make me learn middle english and if anyone's uh anyone's tried to do that it's no good it's just no good was that for beowulf yeah and like gawain and the green oh my god so fuckery. gawain and the green knight i loved gawain fucking gawain we have very it's different great. feelings about what gawain a lad. What no a lad. even well like, if you're saying he's a lad then i automatically hate him more <laughs> um, that's not uh, a how's thing your that makes life me been look- after after Greece? I hear you had an exciting day today. Did I have an exciting day? Yeah, <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you go to like your heavenly womb? Oh, my heavenly womb. <laughs> um, today, what did I do today? I went to the you museum. To the- <laughs> yeah, you were like hyping it the fuck up on Twitter. Oh, I was so excited. Today, I went to the Museum of London Docklands which is like the ships and stuff (laughs) that's what it's called it's called the Museum of Ships and Stuff and um, it's really interesting they have some really good exhibitions they have one which is about like sugar and slavery they have one which was about um, the stuff they found digging the Crossrail Tunnel so like the stuff they've dug up under London which is really cool and they also the most importantly for me have um a like interactive thing where you walk through like a fake sea shanty town i don't even know if i'm like expressing to you how great this is it's like the best bits of disneyland for me are all the bits where you're in like a fake town like the pirates of the caribbean queue and stuff like that that's just my absolute dream is being i don't know what they're called they're not sets like it's like a film set but it's not really a set it's just like a big fake town and they have a whole area of that which is like old-timey things and i was so excited i was just like squealing um running through the rooms touching everything i just love that kind of stuff it makes me so happy i really want to go on a trip to one of those like reenactment towns where everyone just dresses in historical clothes and you have to be historical and like that's my absolute dream (laughs) i think that sounds perfect i think you should go for it it's a very specific fetish um it went from being a dream to being a fetish and at that point i got uncomfortable well we all did and you watched cars go round and round in circles for hours (laughs) 
It's actually, I really, really like the Indy 500, but I especially love the bike ride that you, we take down to it because um, it's just a really nice way to set off the day. And also, you get to ride past all the people in their cars and just be like, you're silly, should have ridden a bike. So, you get to feel sanctimonious, that's the most important yes, thing. Yes, I like being, any opportunity to be sanctimonious, I'll take it with nice, nice. gusto. By any chance, do you drink while watching the cars spin around and around in circles? Oh, yeah. And that makes yeah, more sense to me. Drinking is an important part of my Indy 500 experience. Um, yeah. Except they ran out of... The things they ran out of were... They ran out of tequila. They ran out of margarita mix. They also ran out of gin. Uh, so by the end of it, I was like having the vodka tonics. And I was like... I, I knew, They ran out of tonic as well. So no, I was having vodka sodas. And I like a vodka soda. What, but, kind, you know. what, what kind of cars in a circle event is this? How is anyone supposed to watch cars go round and round and round and round and round when they're not boozed up? But it was really exciting because it was the first time um, a Japanese driver had won the... A Japanese-born driver had won the 500s. It was, like, quite a big thing. But what was fascinating is... So I've just read all these books about nationalism and I've been thinking a lot about nationalism with the election in the UK coming up and stuff and just, you know, general global despair. Um, Is that just... The Indy 500 is, like, a nationalistic event reminds me so much of those performances they put on for journalists in like Pyongyang in North Korea and they have like a B-52 bomber going across out of the sky oh, God. and they like sing the national anthem and there are a bunch of other songs and it's also very tied into so this weekend is um, Memorial Day weekend um, but it's very different from how you, I don't know at least it seems to me as an outsider but probably wouldn't to someone else who's experiencing like Remembrance Day as an outsider it feels very different to anything that we, um, the way we do it in the, in the UK. And not to say that one is necessarily inherently better than the other, but it's just the connection between like nationalism and sport in the US is so intense. Every single like American football match, etc. It's so tied into that in a way that still feels really weird to me. Um, so when you have an event like the Indy 500, which is just tons and tons of people, and it's like really like spectacular in a lot of ways and to have that be the framing for it it just feels like farce and at some points I kind of forgot how seriously some other people took it as a nationalistic event and a moment of pride and also of course like veteran families and so on because I would just like say things that I didn't give a second thought to like how someone hearing them would take them and so there was this one guy who was like I bet you drive a Prius and that was like his retort I didn't even want to be like you know, it's much worse than that, my friend. I don't even drive. I don't yeah, it, even it's much worse. I cycled here. Sometimes I do feel like I've always been rude because I'm kind of saying these things at this thing that they hold so dear, like many people who are there. And obviously, like, if they have military people in their family, like, have a greater personal significance. But at the same time, it's just so foreign to me that at points I just felt really overwhelmed by it. Especially when you turn around and you're like, oh, great, there's a MAGA cap. There's another MAGA cap. I see you in your MAGA cap. Like, it's just like, what the fuck is happening? But the event itself was so much fun. Like, great fun watching the cars go round and round and round and round. There's lots of drama, lots of engine failures, um, crashes, but no one died, which is a very good thing. Um, and yeah, then we biked back. And now this morning, my bum hurts a lot. So it's a great situation. Ayo! <laughs> yeah. Um, Shall we answer some questions on our Romantic Questions Advice Friendship Podcast? Yeah, that's what it's called, the Romantic Questions Advice Friendship Podcast. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go first, 
because well, I was born after you and I have a complex about it. Complex is my name. Dear Lex and Rosianna, in the first episode of the pod, Lex said that everyone likes to be told someone fancies them. I am an exception to this. In fact, I sometimes get paranoid that someone does fancy me when I don't fancy them back. I think I'm afraid of having to reject them and possibly hurting their feelings, or I'm worried I'll make things awkward between us. Why do I feel this way? Should I stop? Incessantly paranoid, Martha. Um... That was Rosianna's impression of someone falling down a well. While being indecisive. It shows that you're a considerate person, I think. Like, you know, the fact that you're even expressing that you're afraid of having to reject them and hurt their feelings means that you're putting um, them before you, which is not a feeling I completely understand. But I hear (laughs) some people experience it, and it sounds very, very worthy of praise. I have experienced this very specific, like, panic and fear when I'm hanging out with someone that I'm not attracted to and they're like trying to make it more or if I go on a date with someone and realize I'm not attracted to them or at the end of a relationship if I'm not attracted to somebody anymore and I'm just not feeling it um I get this very specific panic which doesn't make any sense because I know that no one's ever gonna like you know these people aren't gonna force me to do anything that I don't want to and obviously if they did then that would be very bad and a crime um but like I've never been put in that situation it's just that I just feel like it's like a fight or flight thing that kicks in where I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't be near this person. Like, it's not good. And the only way that I've been able to kind of deal with it is by like, just being like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Like, there's no, even in the worst case scenario, there's like, okay, so my therapist, here we go, free therapy, round two. My therapist does this thing with me where she's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen? And what's likely to happen? So like you do the worst first, so you get your fears out. Then you do the best and you're like, this is the best possible scenario. And then you do the thing in the middle. And this works for loads of things. Like generally if there's things you're worrying about, but I think especially for things like this, it's like the worst thing that could happen is that they could, yeah, like they could say, they could confess their feelings and you have to reject them. But actually they'll get over it. Like it's not, it's really not the end of the world. And you know, it's a thing that happens to everybody and people have to learn to deal with rejection. And you probably won't kickstart their becoming a supervillain because of the rejection. That's not the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen is that, like, you reject them, something terrible happens, and then it becomes apparent that the only way you could have saved the planet and maybe, in fact, the universes was by accepting going on a date with them. And so all of humanity and other life forms have really collapse as a result of you saying no to this person. That's my problem with what's the worst that could happen. There are so many bad scenarios. You've got to be realistically bad, though. Don't listen I, to Rosianna. I, She's I, jet-lagged <laughs> and confused, and her bum hurts. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just raising a very okay, good point about fine, the future of humanity. Okay, fine, fine. The worst thing that could happen is that you reject them, and they become a hideous supervillain and bring about the end of humanity. A... Mm-hmm. A, I think it's, you know, humanity's pretty terrible and I don't feel too bad about humanity ending. B. <laughs> Whoa, okay, I think we figured out who the supervillain's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of great things about humanity, but like, I don't, I don't know if I'd be like, that's not fair if it, if it turned out that humanity was about to end. I think I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. We kind of, we messed this one up. Like, fair play. Anyway, B. <laughs> B, it's just, you know, once you've explored the most ridiculous bad thing that could happen, it kind of helps you bring it back to, like, 
that's the worst, 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 worst case scenario. The best case scenario is, I mean, I don't know what it is in this situation. Maybe it's just like that they don't fancy you and they also win the lottery and give you no strings attached, a hundred thousand pounds. Um, and then the actual realistic scenario is that like, maybe they do fancy you. Maybe they at some point say like, Hey, do you want to go for a drink as a date? And you say, Oh no, I don't, I don't feel that. And that's it. That's, that's all that's going to happen. Like that is the most likely scenario. Or in fact, the most likely scenario is they won't even ask you that. They'll just chill and be your friend. So I just feel like, (laughs) I feel like humanity should end. And I also feel like you just have to make sure you keep, um, you have to make sure you don't let this like hold you back in life and just try as much as you can to face these situations head on. Um, you can also sometimes even head it off at the pass. I know it's like a little uncomfortable to say sometimes, but if you really think someone's going in that direction and you aren't comfortable with it, you can just really like, you can just slip into conversation like, oh, and I'm not like, I'm just not interested in dating anyone right now. Or like, I'm just not interested in people right now because I think humanity should end and I don't want to date someone who's a member of humanity or, you know, something like that, something along those lines. And then they won't even be tempted because they'll just be like, oh, well, she's she's above humanity. That humanity destroying point aside, which is kind of terrifying, it's making me look at you in a completely different light. <laughs> um, there are two other things that I'm, yeah, that I take from this. I think your advice is really good. The other two things that I would say are, firstly, have you asked yourself what you want? Um, it's scary sometimes when people come to you or say that they like you or present you with an option that you haven't even thought about yourself whether or not you want it and I think that that's kind of something that's important to get in touch with and just you know whether it's completely dating at all or not um who you want to date at all or not and specifically individual people like it's hard when you feel like someone else is answering the question for you and your head immediately goes into overdrive like shut this down or what should I do um, in this situation? The second thing I would say is that any kind of facet of dating and really any relationship with anyone like friendship or otherwise involves so many unknowns and that's really scary. And um, I think that that's part of what can feel so terrifying about even just interacting with anyone on another level whatsoever is that you don't know how they're going to behave and you also don't know how you're going to behave but if we don't confront that in a certain way it doesn't have to be with everyone you don't have to constantly be like challenge yourself to tackle the great unknown of human existence or anything but like if you don't tackle that in some level um I think it will broadly uh result in letting that fear become more restricting to experiences they don't have to be romantic or sexual or anything they could even be like what's going to happen if I climb this mountain you know here are all the possible scenarios that could happen but I also mostly just don't know like how's that going to change my situation and like my body physically etc and um I think that that will lead to you missing out on things. So maybe if that is something that resonates as I'm talking about this in a really circuitous kind of way, uh, <laughs> then, yeah, maybe think about what kind of role the unknown plays in your life. And it might be that that's not the case. And it's just specifically with dating and, like, with that feeling of someone fancying you and that um, associated paranoia, to use your words. Um, 
But yeah, those are my other takeaways that were not put into sentences. But again, I plead jet lag. <laughs> All right, shall I read the next one? I just want to read a... Uh, this is not relevant in any way to this podcast or our lives, but there's a tweet that goes around um, every couple of, like, months that just comes up in my timeline. And every time I read it, it brings me such a pure joy. And I wanted to read it. Although I've just lost it, so let me find it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. And it goes like this. And I'm going to sing it. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. My milkshake brings all the bees to my car. I spilled all over my car. Bees are inside of my car. They could kill me. I'm allergic to bees. <laughs> so what prompted this? <laughs> Rosiana has not enjoyed that whatsoever. It's just a funny tweet. And I, I just wanted to share it here on this podcast. It's so good. It's in capital letters. It's exactly my kind of humour. I'm allowed to I just to don't know where to take that other than to ask another question. This question comes from Haley. Haley <laughs> says, Hi Lex and Rosiana. Recently I discovered my ex-boyfriend is dating a girl I know. We all used to work together at university. Ex-boyfriend and I had an amical breakup, so I want to text him and congratulate him, but I'm not sure what to say. Also, I'm in a new amazing relationship now, too, with a woman. I feel like I should mention that. How do I work that in? Bisexual and anxious, Haley. I feel like there's, like, there's all this weird stuff about how you contact people after a breakup, and everyone thinks there's, like, a certain way to do it, and there isn't. Um, it's ma- mainly just like when you feel comfortable and also respecting the boundaries of when that other person feels comfortable. So it sounds like if he's moved on in terms of like relationships and you've moved on, th- that's a pretty solid place for you guys to come from to like be able to chat and catch up and stuff. Um, I'm just going to wait for my cat to finish burying her poop before I continue. <laughs> I have definitely experienced this kind of thing before where I've wanted to not about relationships, but I wanted to contact an ex to say congratulations for stuff. In fact, my first ever boyfriend, who I was like madly in love with at the age of 14, is engaged, I found out. And I really wanted to contact him and just be like, hey, you did it. But then I'm like, mm, it's too weird. It's too weird. <laughs> I don't know if he'd like to get that message from me. Um, but I think maybe if you don't approach it as like getting in touch to specifically congratulate him it's more like if you guys have a catch-up if you like you know in person or over facebook chat or whatever you want to do if you're just talking to him anyway and saying like you know hey how's your life um how are things going like then you've got an opportunity to do both of those things in a more casual way so just be like i saw you're in a relationship congrats like you know as part of a wider conversation Instead of sending, I mean, I don't think you were going to do this, but instead of just sending a text that's like, hey, I see you're in a new relationship. Congratulations. I'm in one too. It's with a woman. Bye. (laughs) Although that really just gets right to the point. Yeah. I agree. No, you kind of need that like broader chat to make it the kind of um, casual, amicable thing that you seem to want it to be. Yeah. Um, I think you, yeah, it needs to just be like a broader check-in. If you're, if you're reaching out to congratulate someone for a new relationship, sometimes it's going to sound a bit like, oh, congrats, I hear you with this person, especially because you all know each other. Um, and it might sound, yeah, like a bit passive aggressive, but I think as long as you just approach it in a very like friendly way and yeah, like we said, like talk about other things first and you know, you can slip in that you're in a relationship, all that kind of stuff. It's just about the way you do it, isn't it? Because if you're just like, hey, 
hey, I saw you and whoever from work got together. Congrats. That's so cool. Like, that's definitely kind of maybe a nicer way of wording it. Um, I don't know. Maybe you should send them balloons with your face on it. New idea. New idea. Get that plane to have a banner behind it that says, congratulations, ex-boyfriend, on your new relationship with this girl I know. Congratulations, Jackson and Cindy. I'm very happy for you. Also, I'm in an amazing new relationship now with a woman. That's going to be a really expensive banner. But Maybe. I think you've got to cut down some of the letters. And yeah. I also want to add that, like, despite this coming from two basically strangers on a podcast... Um, don't let anyone else weigh in on when and when not you're ready to have that conversation because everyone's relationships are different and every single person is different. Um, so when you are ready to have the conversation, go for it. You know, like it's not to say ignore your friends or resent them for weighing in, but there's a point in which like, you know, when you're ready. Yeah. And I'd just like to say that when we were on holiday, my ex-boyfriend accidentally FaceTimed me. <laughs> And it was really funny because he just accidentally FaceTimed me and I just turned the phone around to show like Rosianna and everyone I was with and they were like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't know, man. It's a bold move to FaceTime someone that you haven't spoken to and like... I mean, that's like faces. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you FaceTime? Anyway, it was hilarious. It was a complete accident. But I was just like, oh, bold move. He wants to catch up over FaceTime. (laughs) Anyway. Cool. Haley. FaceTime him and say, yeah. hello, I'm in an amazing new relationship with a woman. How are you? I you're in a relationship with a girl I know. Congrats. Good luck. I can't, remember, I, I can't remember what names I gave them. I hope Congrats, you received balloons. Salazar. Jack and Cindy? No. Cindy and... Salazar now. His name is Salazar. Forever. Cindy and Salazar. <laughs> His boyfriend. Um, um, you go. It's your go. It me go. Okay. It you go. Is it pronounced Freya if it's got a J in it? Freya. Yes. Freya. Maybe. Uh, okay. Dear Lex and Rosianna, I have a serious crush. A friendship crush. I want to be best friends forever. BFFs, in fact, with this girl. We both do maths at uni and often do work together. How do I elevate our casual friendship to one that will stand the test of time? So far, my main plan is to invite her to a cups and ice party. What the hell is a cups and ice party? Is that not a thing from Friends? It is a thing from Friends, right? Although it's just because Phoebe's in charge of Cups and Ice. Is Cups yeah. and Ice a thing? Am I just not aware of this? I think I think she's just making it a barbecue. I think she's making a Friends joke. Well, I hope she is. I've taken it very seriously and ruined all the humour in that joke. Um... <laughs> To celebrate Earth Day. My boyfriend will be there to distract her boyfriend with the barbecue. I love that. It's like... <laughs> it's just... <laughs> The boys will be distracted by the fire. Men make fire. I also invited other maths people so she won't feel uncomfortable going. Thanks, Freya. I think you've nailed this it. Like is a brilliant plan. You've got her in like a group environment so she feels comfortable. You've got like you know a boyfriend there who's going to be your wing man, wing friend, wing friend, wing boy with barbecue to make sure that you know like everything's in order. But you also often already do work together. Like, it's not like you're boldly going for this from a complete stranger perspective. You've already got this kind of casual basement situation. Now, what you need to do is build the lower ground floor, the ground floor, and then the five floors above it, where you'll house all of your fine furniture. 
Um, and I think that this is the best way to go. Group environments are good. Other things, invite her to um, see a film in a group setting. I think group settings are a good way to start. And then if you have like a common interest, um, like a band you both love or something else, then be like, hey, I see that so-and-so are playing on this night. Wanna come? Even if it's like going from like casual doing maths homework to like, hey, you want to get lunch? Just go for it. We yeah. support you. We support you. I love that you went for like, you've built a basement. It sounded a little creepy. No, like foundations are important. Foundations aren't necessarily creepy unless you hide dead bodies in them. Foundations are where you hide the dungeons. Foundations, okay, but dungeons have a really bad rap. Dungeons can be places of fun and laughter. Or sexual I was going to say deviancy. or BDSM. <laughs> I don't know but why I said deviant. BDSM can also be fun. So really, <laughs> build a dungeon. <laughs> Invite her to help in the construction of your sex dungeon. It's no, a bonding sex. activity that will last forever. Like, once you've built a sex dungeon together... You can't not be friends anymore. That, that links you for life. <laughs> Did we answer that question? Let's go through the sex, checklist. We talked sex about... Sex dungeons, group activities... Sex dungeons. boyfriend. <laughs> oh, um, you know what another good way to get someone on your side is? Ask them to contribute. Ask her to bring something to your barbecue. That's cementing friendship. When they contribute. Oh my god. And you know what else? You should do what Rosianna did and just buy her a matching pin because we all have the same pins and that means we can <laughs> never not be friends. That's the rule. You make that sound like it was like the coldest calculating move. Like, go and click. Yeah, email. it's a pin cult. And if I don't wear the pin, she's like, where the fuck is your pin? That's not true. I it's true. start doing that though. It's yeah. a good move. Where the fuck is your pin? You're not invited to this night out anymore because you have your How pin How did we on. escalate our friendship? Because we were friends... Over the internet, mostly. Yeah, we were friends um, over Skype. Our friendship was escalated by talking to each other literally constantly. Yeah. Um, And, yeah. I don't know. I read your dissertation. Oh, God, you did. (laughs) Yeah, you were on hand when I asked out the Starbucks barista. Oh, my God. There's so much. Like, I can't even... What cemented our friendship is that I fancied your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but you're glad you're is editing this now. I think, I just feel, I feel like you have a solid plan in place anyway, so. Yeah, you don't even need us, you but we're need... here for you with our cheerleader outfits. Agreed. Hot. <laughs> next, <laughs> next question. Dear Lex and Rosianna, my name is Stefan, which is pronounced Step Pen. Sorry, I pronounced it incorrectly beforehand. I have a lovely boyfriend who I've had the pleasure of dating for almost three years now. Everything is great. We kiss all the time, hold hands. He loves my cats, etc. However, with multiple R's, his mother and stepfather dislike me a lot. Like a lot. His mum gave him an ultimatum to break up with me or be cut off over the summer. And so now we are paying for his college tuition, etc. on our own. They are very conservative and religious and I do not fit into their lives in the way they probably imagined his future girlfriend would. I've tried fitting in more, but it feels very fake of me to act that way. Do you two have any handy tricks for dealing with in-laws that seem to hate everything you are or believe in? Magic and kittens, step in. Uh, I think there's two approaches here, because one, 
approach is that like these people have been very awful to you and your boyfriend and you know just because they don't yeah you know you don't fit into exactly how they believe the world should be and i think you both have every right to just be like no you don't get to be part of our lives because that's awful and like it doesn't sound like a particularly healthy relationship and if that's the right thing for you guys then that's the right thing but the other side of it is that like it is difficult to you know cut off family members and you know maybe that's not something you want to do um but it's going to involve compromise on both sides you're not you can't change who you are and i don't think you should try um I think it's more just like it might be there are boundaries that you have to set. There are topics that are off, you know, off limits, stuff like that. But it sounds a lot like you can't do anything about this at this point. Like they're the ones who have to step up and be the bigger people and realize that, you know, the world can't magically be everything they think it should be. And that you are, I assume, a lovely person and you make your boyfriend very happy and you're in a committed relationship. Um... Yeah, that's kind of on them. They gotta buck up their ideas. There's nothing you can do about it if people are being knobs. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like you've said you've tried fitting in more, but ultimately that's like you kind of trying to change your behaviour for them and I'm not really getting the idea that they in any way are trying to be inclusive or welcoming or understanding whatsoever not least because his mum literally gave him an ultimatum to break up with you it's hard with adults especially when it's someone's parents especially when it's someone's you love's parents because it's very painful to see them kind of go through that i'm sure but at the same time it sounds like they're kind of behaving like children and they're trying to exercise a form of control over your life over their son over a relationship that isn't theirs, and my only handy tricks there would be to just do the whole extreme kindness but at the same time that also even as I give that advice doesn't sound completely fair because they're not giving you any basic respect whatsoever so I think maybe just limiting it to meeting up in situations where it's kind of a bit more neutral it's not at anyone's house um, whether there's like a time limit so it's like for a meal or for an event um, where you all get, if possible, to go back to your own homes at the end of the day. Um, just as kind of neutral situations as can be. But at the same time, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you don't want the result of that. You don't want it. It's not your fault, is the other thing I was saying. It's absolutely not your fault whatsoever. Um, but you also, you know, I'm sure you feel the weight of it too. And it's it's very hard when anyone says that like you are the thing wrong with this person or this experience like you are the thing that's bad there and I just try to remind you as much as possible to just like close that out if you can um while also if you do want to continue to have him have a relationship with them or you also have a relationship with them do that on the most neutral grounds that you can find can you why don't you adopt him because you you like yourself and then and then you're his parents and you're his girlfriend that sounds good right all good fixed it sure (laughs) (laughs) oh god i'm good at podcast um you are good at podcast good at podcast
We got another question from Runel. I was trying to remember how, how Runel started. Was it that someone did call themselves Runel, or is it that you suggested Runel? I think between us, Runel happened. We suggested Runel. Okay, because I was trying to. Or maybe. I can't remember. And then I was having it's been eight episodes. I know. I was having this conversation with my boyfriend. And I was just like, I should probably know where our inside jokes come from. I don't know the origin stories of our own inside jokes. Whoops. Um, yeah, eight episodes, by the way. Ha! Huh, look at us go. Um, Still not so, though. We're working on it. Yeah. Uh, let us know, by the way. Please tweet at us if there's anyone you really want to see as a guest. Well, not see. See with your ears um, as a guest on the podcast. Who would you okay. like to play the timpani on your eardrums? Let Ooh. us know on Twitter, at MakeOutWithHim. At MakeOutWithHim. So we have a question from Arunal. It says this. It says this. I recently got engaged to my boyfriend who I love and I'm very happy with. We just bought a house and have a kid together. However, around six months ago, I became friends with the guy through Twitter and we've been messaging slash talking ever since. I enjoy the conversations we have and I find myself seeking out the attention. Not in a sexual way, more because I like him. We get on really well. I don't want to leave my fiance. I'm 100% committed to him, but I do feel like I crave another kind of relationship too. I would like to maybe open up communication with my fon- with my fiance. I'd like to maybe open up communication with my fiance about exploring having a more open relationship, but I'm not sure he'd be okay with that. Am I being crazy or do you think I just shouldn't be engaged if I'm having these thoughts? Love the podcast. You two seem like the type of girls I'd like to get a mojito with. Thanks, Runal. Oh, the light just went really dark. Um, please have a mojito with us. We are mojito drinkers. Yeah. So, okay, one thing I'd say is, like, maybe think, are there other places... This is not to write off that person or that conversation, but first, are there other places you could be getting slash are lacking that conversation or attention or the kind of relationship you have? with this guy um like is it uh something you want more from your friends more from your relationship i think it's really important to think about where there are places where you might want that more in your existing relationships um because sometimes i think that another person can present this like shiny embodiment of everything that everyone else is lacking without without having to have those conversations or without maybe even having to consider um that in any way lacking or in any way that being something that you want more from those existing relationships. Um, I think that it does have to start with a conversation you have. If you do want to pursue an open relationship, it does have to start with a conversation you have with your fiance um, and not with your, not with the guy, um, at least initially, because just to make it more fair and honest and open maybe not to hinge it on one individual in particular. Um, and also see how that makes you feel as well and see whether the kinds of things you talk about, whether that's what you want. And I think maybe through that conversation, you'll figure out a bit more about what you want from your relationship itself and from your um, engagement and marriage and so on. Um, and then also like what boundaries you guys both feel are acceptable and fair and to be welcomed and encouraged as well. Um, I'm a big believer in boundaries, not as a form of restriction, but as a form of opening up, um, like spaces where you can be more free and more open and more honest. Um, So I think that that's another important thing to do. But I don't think that like necessarily you shouldn't be engaged if you're having these thoughts. I think that any kind of like self-flagellation that you have in response to like being, liking the conversations you have with someone else, um, and especially if it's like, 
there's another element of that kind of like attraction to it, even if it's not necessarily in a sexual way. I don't think that necessarily means that you shouldn't be engaged. I just think you have to be really honest with yourself about where you're at primarily. But then also, if you do pursue that conversation with your fiancé, you kind of owe it to him to be pretty honest with him too, because you don't want to be like holding back part of that conversation, even though it can be really scary. Um, but I understand that it is a scary kind of position to be in. Lex, what do you think? I... There are lots of different types of relationships and an open relationship is obviously a completely valid form of relationship and lots of people are into them. I think like the fact that you've had a relationship to the point of being engaged, which is quite serious, um, you know, and not had that conversation yet like that. Oh God. <laughs> um, that does make it a little more difficult because it's not like you both went into it feeling this way or you kind of had this realization earlier on in the relationship. I think just to just go to the worst case scenario, like I like to do, um, I feel like if someone came to me when I was in a serious relationship with them and asked to be in an open relationship, if I wasn't in that place, it, I would, you know, consider ending that relationship. Um, I don't want to scare you, but I'm just saying that there's a, there's a chance that, like, it could you know, feel very hurtful for that person um, if they're very much not in that place. But there's also a chance that, you know, they could be open to that um, and they maybe, you know, even could be feeling the same way. I think you have to make sure that you actually, what you actually want is an open relationship. It's not that you want a relationship with, yeah, that specific person. Um, as Rosanna said, like hinging on that one person is probably not a good idea because it just indicates how you feel about one individual, not how you feel about how you want to define the relationship with somebody who you are committing to spend the rest of your life with. Um, Cause you know, if you're in an open relationship, that's not a temp, it's probably not a temporary situation. Like once that's started, that's a thing that, you know, can be ended, but sets a precedent for how the relationship's going to be forever. Obviously divorce is a thing, but hopefully you won't get a divorce if you don't want one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I'm being all doom and gloom, but like, it's a difficult, it's a very difficult situation. And yeah, I don't think it means you shouldn't be engaged. And I'm, there are plenty of people who are in, you know, who are married and in open relationships or polyamorous relationships. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about the idea that, you know, the relationship with this person you've been talking to on Twitter might not work out and it, you know, you might have, or the idea of your fiance being in relationships with other people, like how does that affect you? I just, yeah, I think it's a big, it's a big question, isn't it? What big one? Why am I talking like a baby? I'm just panicking. It's a whopper. It's a whopper. It's a big question. <laughs> Kill me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Tough one, but approach very delicately and yeah, very delicately and very honestly after thinking it through very very carefully because I think for me personally it would yeah it could be anyway <laughs> good luck <laughs> we, we boomed that one boom so our next question and our last question this podcast is from Kat and Kat says, Dear Lex and Rosianna, a lot of my female friends are long-term single and have been looking for a nice man to date for years and years. 
They're all amazing women, a bit shy and nerdy, but confident in what they want in life. But finding someone to go out with, even through online dating, hasn't worked for them at all. I have been in a relationship for many years now and haven't dated much before, so my advice is useless. I could just avoid the subject at all times, but I'm sick of seeing these fantastic ladies not getting the love and sexy times they want and deserve. I want to do something to help if I can. My question for you is, how can I be a good ally to my single friends? How can I support and help them in their dating endeavours? How would you like your friends to treat you in this situation? Any advice is greatly appreciated. Olives and octopodes, cat. <laughs> I remember very clearly at my old job, there were um, there was a group of people, we were all single, and a lot of the people in the office were a bit older. And by a bit older, I mean like late 20s. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus, woman. Well, loads of, you know, there was a range of ages, but on the specific team I was in, which was like PR and social media, they were all like late 20s, early 30s. And lots of them were in very settled relationships. And they just used to say things where it was just like so physically uncomfortable. I didn't mind because I was very happily single, but some of my friends, you know, were like looking for love. And um, they would say things like, oh, I don't, I don't know how you can like, I don't, oh, I don't, you're going on a first date. God, I can't imagine ever doing that again. I don't, I, I, I don't envy you that. That's, that's so tough. And they, or they'd say, you know, like, oh, I can't, I wouldn't be able to start from scratch now. I'm so, I'm so glad I have my boyfriend or my partner or whatever, because God, starting from scratch would be awful. Or even when they were trying to be nice, they'd say things like, oh, I'm just living vicariously through you. You get to go through all the dating stuff. It's so exciting. And it was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Please just, please stop talking (laughs) like trying to I mean I'm sure you're not doing this I just thought it was hilarious the way these people dealt with it but yeah if you're in a relationship I think you just have to look to the other person for what they want and and support them in whatever way is helpful to them rather than just kind of assuming like maybe they'll think it's fun if I empathize and say oh I hated dating it was so awful or like it's just not it's not helpful it just brings sadness you know what I say is like the lone single person in our friendship group also and that I don't experience this from our friends but I have experienced this from other friends is that sense that like you've got it all figured out if you're dating yeah I hate hearing advice from that perspective because obviously everyone's in their own shit and like figuring it all out um that sense that like it's hard to convey exactly what phrases are said and what things I find really frustrating to hear, but that sense that like someone's completed or achieved something in a very set way, and me as a single person hasn't, and that there's like some kind of step or experience in life that I haven't achieved. I feel like being a good friend to your friends who are single, part of that is like not separating them maybe as much as you might be inclined to from yourself. Mm. Um, and also just being honest about, you know, about your own experiences with them and so on. Um, but the other part of it is, is just continuing to build them up, you know, like continuing to be there for them and also listen to what they want and listen like ask them like what they're looking for and don't be quick to criticize them for it from this position of like superiority or extra special knowledge or anything like provide the help where the help is almost <laughs> like requested mm. um which can be hard to distinguish as well like people aren't so clear as to be like i need help in this situation um but it's yeah it's like if if you 
if you haven't asked to be set up on a date and people are always like, I'm going to set you up with this person or like, that can just feel more like it's their expectation of you. Like they expect yeah. that you should want to be dating or you should be wanting to be dating a certain type of person. So like, if you're like, yeah, if people are like trying to set you up on a date and you're just not feeling it, it's like, it can feel like a kind of patronizing, like, oh, you know, I need to sort things out for my single friend. Like I need to be on the lookout for my single friend. Sometimes people want to be set up. Like I've been set up yeah. on a date, which d- didn't go well. Because I, I was set up on a date by my friend and it was like one of her boyfriend's friends. And um, then I can't remember if I've told the story on the podcast. Maybe not. I don't think so. Yeah, I was set up on a date and I, I thought it went fine, but he was clearly not into it because I don't think he ever got back in contact with me again. And I didn't contact him either. Um, and then I was like a few months later, I was uh, hanging out with my friends at this flat that they were borrowing from a friend and I was like, oh, whose flat is this? And they were like, oh, it's that guy you went on a date with. And I was like, uh-huh. And it was like, he lives here with his fiance. And I was like, what? <laughs> it had literally been, I don't know, a year. Um, and it was hilarious. Anyway, wow. I was just like, in that whole time, I have done nothing with my life. And, <laughs> and this he's guy. And with his lobster. His, like, yeah, he's, like, sorted his whole life out. It was really funny. Oh, again, I'm using that phrase of, like, sorting his whole life out because he's engaged. But, like, I don't actually believe that. Like, I don't, I have no desire to be engaged. And I don't think that being engaged in any way sorts your life out. It's more actually, like, all the vernacular around it is very inherently Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually more, what I meant by that was more that he owned a flat. Because, like, owning <laughs> property, it? yeah, owning property to me oh. is, like, the gold dust of adulthood because it's so hard to own property right now. I want property. We just want property. We don't care about love. I will happily just live with my cats in the house that I own and I'll put... I don't care about Darcy. I just want Netherfield. Exactly. I just want... I just want a place to call my own and fill with animals and, you know, I'll I'll have a commitment ceremony to my house and it'll be beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, but the, <laughs> I was gonna, the other things I was going to say is that, like, yeah. your friends, it sounds like that they um, have been wanting to date people that they've tried online dating that it hasn't worked out and so on um if it does come up that they want to go out with people or they're still like have expressed that continued frustration about not finding people even like fun evenings out it doesn't have to be like a proper club night out or anything but like a fun evening out in a social environment where there are likely to be some people that they don't know there um whether that's like a a lecture or like an arts event or even just like a bar in the evening or a coffee shop that opens late like things like that where you wait 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 rosiana rosiana you you haven't said bowling okay but bowling is for more serious relationships (laughs) rosiana you haven't said bowling sorry please continue bowling is for like when you like find the person you want to go into like bowling is quite serious i actually i think that it's quite offensive to me that you would take bowling so lightly (laughs) Bowling's like a very, like, you know, like, I like you, like, let's go on a date, let's go bowling. Bowling's very important to you, I understand. Um, This is, like, this is, like, pre-bowling. This is, like, the step, this is, like, bowling minus one. This is before you put Um, your shoes on, your metaphorical shoes. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, it takes a lot to take off your shoes. And, anyway. Lex, <laughs> 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 are you doing your makeup on the podcast? Absolutely not. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what the fuck? I thought this was a serious, committed friendship podcast with full attention. Well, I am paying attention because, because I am. But I'm also doing my makeup. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, so what was I going to say? They're interested in dating. Group activities, big proponent of group activities. Um, and the best way to support and help them is to listen to them, not to kind of try and actively um, seek matching them up as like a big facet of your friendship um, or the place from which all of your advice stems and the place to which all solutions go. Um, Because a lot of the time, you're just kind of trying to figure your stuff out, and dating doesn't maybe necessarily even seem like the number one priority, even if it's something that you're interested in and have tried. Um, But when people come to you and kind of ask where you're at uh, with dating, or like kind of check in on that front sort of incessantly, especially if it's coming from people who are in a relationship... Um, it can sometimes feel like that's the only thing that matters about you or is important about you and so on. Um, so maybe like even just waiting until they bring it up. Um, this is of course assuming that they don't bring it up all the time. They might bring it up all the time. I bring up my astonishingly poor love life a lot. Um, I think only, kind of only on our relationships me. podcast. I think it's only because we have a podcast about dating. That's true. Well, I also send you pictures of uh, Indiana Tinder sometimes. But Indiana Tinder is just like a wasteland of men going fishing. With guns. With guns. They're shooting the fish out of the water with their guns, which I think is unfair on the fish. It's very unfair on the fish. It's not giving them a fair shot at all. No. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's messy. It's messy and it's hard because you're at this time in your life and, like, you're trying to get settled and, like, you're remembering that there's no way in heck you're going to own a property in central London. And, and there are all these expectations coming at you. But at the same time, like, you want... Your, you go to your friends for support and you want them to be helpful in actionable ways and stuff and you want to be able to support them. Um, but I think remembering that it's, like, a two-way thing is super important. Yeah. That's my advice. Good. How's your makeup? Bad. It's like, my skin's just wrong today. You know how sometimes you're just like, wow, my face is wrong today. Maybe it's just me. But it's not wrong like society's expectations. It's wrong like my low expectations of my own face. It's not even living up to those. Come on, face. (laughs) Work with me here. I have to put you in the world. My foundation is now not the right color anymore after grease too tan too tan to function it's such a problem when you go to coffee oh my god yeah i have made the risque fashion decision to only get tanned on my hands (laughs) so i mean and you know sun damage ages your hands so i'm just gonna have really old hands it's like when people look at a tree i was gonna say date a tree but that's confusing on this dating podcast um, when people look at how old a tree is, they look at they cut it open and count the rings. But people with people, you just look at their hands, and they're gonna be like, judging from her hands, she's hundred and three. Judging from her face, eighty. And that's now so when I'm only twenty five. I've got an eighty year old face. No, eighty eight zero. Uh, well, you're a very hot eighty year old. So oh, okay. thank you. Um, I think it's time that we wrap up this super great, succinct advice 
romantic friendship podcast. It's been very difficult for us to get back into the swing of podcasting. So if we've seemed all over the place, that's why. But, you know, we'll get better. We At one point we were like, yeah, we're really good at podcasts now. All that goes out the window. It's not like riding a bicycle. It's like any other thing. If you don't practice, you get <laughs> bad. Like literally anything else. Literally anything else. It's not riding a bicycle. Although, fun fact, I forget to ride a, how to ride a bicycle. It's happened to me multiple times where I've just not been able to do it. So... <sighs> there's you being special i want to say thank you to everyone who supported us on patreon we have a patreon at patreon.com slash make out with him even though we sometimes don't make podcasts um we'll do our very ready best to keep doing it um we have 26 patrons nice they're patronizing yeah. us <laughs> speaking about being patronizing 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 um patronizing yeah, you, you are you glitching again? Um, thank Patronized. you for giving us. <laughs> thanks for giving us your hard-earned cash. We are using it to be able to pay for SoundCloud and new theme music. We are obviously keeping our old theme music because it's beautiful, but we are also working on some new theme music. Thank you so much for supporting us in that way. We really appreciate it, and we are working on what our perks are going to look like. So it's probably only going to be one perk, but. But it's going to be, the it's gonna be very, part. very perky. It's going to be like pre-twenties boobs. On that note, it's time to end the podcast. Play us out, Helena. Oh, wait. Also, you can send us your questions at makeoutwithimagmail.com. If you're in need of advice, if you don't know what to do, then write to Lex and Rosiana and they might just answer you. We should never go to Greece again. It's all over now.